You're listening to the Pedal Pumping Podcast, the podcast that explores all things pedal pumping with your host, Mimi Footnip. That's me. I am also a pedal pumping content creator, foot model. You can watch my videos on clips for sale or OnlyFans or go to my website. You can check out photos. My social media links are on there. All the good stuff, MimiFootnip.com. All right, so today we're going to do stories and emails, and I'm going to ramble at you about pedal pumping, and I'm going to invite you to send me your emails, send me your questions, send me your stories, send me your experiences. I know some of you probably are a little gun-shy. It's been a little quiet since last week. Maybe you're scared of my reaction. I don't know, but I, I really do want to encourage you to share what you've got. And um, if you're not sure, you know, we can have kind of a behind the scenes discussion about it. But I do love hearing from you and want to know what's going on in your world of pedal pumping. So you can email me at mimifootnip at gmail.com. 24 hours a day (laughs) my inbox is open so hit me up guys all right so this first email is from someone named michael and he says hi mimi love everything you are doing so i wholeheartedly agree with you about the setup situation not cool at all i was wondering what if your boyfriend said he had a cranking foot fetish and wanted you to indulge his fantasy how would you react Granted, you know nothing of the fetish. I'm asking, how would you react? Love you, thanks, Michael. All right, Michael, I'm going to think about this. Let's cut to a quick break. I'll think about it, and I will answer this when we get back from our break. And we're back. And, okay, you know, it's this is a hypothetical question, right? Like, what would you do in this scenario? And... It's kind of hard to imagine, partly because my boyfriend is super vanilla. Like, you know, he's like, his wild, like his idea of like a wild fetishy thing would be like, I'm going to tie you up and do you missionary style. Like that's, you know, he's, (laughs) that's never happened. The tie you up part anyway. But I, yeah, he's very um, not fetishy at all, which is funny because I am. And so I express that part of myself with you guys, which is he's totally fine with that. And I'm totally fine with that. And I feel like you can get your needs met in a lot of different ways within a relationship. Um if you're honest and open about it, right? And so he's like, yeah, you go do your thing with your feet or whatever. Better them than me. That's kind of his attitude because he's like grossed out by feet. He doesn't get the cranking thing, the pedal pumping thing at all. Like at all at all. I know, totally unrelatable, right? But so if he came to me and said, Mimi, there's this thing that you don't know anything about, but it's it's called cranking and it's like you're trying to get the car started and it won't start and so you kind of have this like emotional battle with the car and you're pumping the gas pedal and you're 
maybe like crying or swearing or getting angry or whatever, how would I react? Well, I'd prob, and I didn't know anything about pedal pumping or foot fetish. I might just say that's really weird. Like I've never heard of this before. So, you know, anything that's like, like unknown to you, you tend to think is weird, right? I do. I'd be like, that's weird. But I would also be really curious because I'm a very curious person. So I would be like, what about that turns you on? Like, explain it to me. Like, how does that get you hard? How does that like get you aroused? I would be super fascinated. Like, what about seeing that or experiencing that? Like, what does it do to you? And I think I would want to probably see it for myself. So I would probably be like, okay, I want to, I want to like, I'd probably be like, I don't believe you. That's crazy. I don't believe you. What are you talking about? Like watching me try to start the car and have car trouble is going to get you like, get you off. What? No. Like, so I would probably be like, all right, let's do this. And I would maybe not like actually crank the car because I wouldn't, I'd be in way over my head at this point, but I'd probably just like pretend or I don't know. I would want to explore it and whether I wanted to actually like indulge his fantasy I think would depend a lot in like how we talked about it like how he communicated it to me I think that if it were like an invitation like this is something I'm into and I'd like you to I'd like to invite you in so you can be a part of this if you want to and it was like no pressure and if you don't want to that's cool too um then i think i would feel more like i think i would feel safe but what i would not like and what i know my hackles would go up and i just have resistance to is anytime i feel like i'm being pressured and i can't like my partner doesn't pressure me like to do anything but I have had relationships in the past where I felt pressured uh and I felt pressured about sexual things and when I was younger so it also I guess it depends if this were happening I'm sort of imagining this happening now at the age that I am now and I'm thinking like I'm pretty secure in myself I know what I like sexually and you know, what I'm not really into and I'm comfortable with that. You know, I'm not trying to appeal to like, I don't know, popular cultural ideas of what women are supposed to want or not want or whatever. I'm just like, yeah, this is like what you see is what you get. This is what I'm into. I kind of, I don't really apologize for it. You know what I mean? But if I were like 21 and my boyfriend that I had when I was 21 wanted me to do something that was like really unusual or something I'd never heard of. I might have, I would have been based on 
my actual life experience, at that age, I probably would have been more likely to go along with something and do something um, bec- out of, like, sort of a social pressure of, like, I'm supposed to please my boyfriend and he expects this of me and I should do it and not really, like, check in with myself about what I want so much. And I think now what I would do is I would explore it. I'd ask a lot of questions. I'd be really curious, like, like tell me more. I want to know more. Like, what is this thing? And then I would kind of just check in with myself about, like, well, how do I feel about this? Is this something I want to do? Rather than feeling scared, like, I, if I don't do this thing, I'm going to lose this boyfriend. Or, you know, which is, I think, what was more like my mentality when I was in my early 20s. I I wanted to like be the perfect girlfriend and do whatever he wanted and that sort of thing. What you guys okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like let y'all in all the male listeners. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret here about the patriarchy and you know, all that shit. Oh, I'm not feeling very articulate today. I'm gonna try. Um, women from the time we are our little girls as little girls and then later on as women we are socialized everything in our lives socializes us to be pleasing and to be agreeable and so it is generally like a woman's I don't want to say instinct because we're not born with it but we're socialized to think that we need to please our man and please our family and friends and the people around us and and so if a partner asks in a way like invites us to engage with them in a way that's inviting and where we are given the opportunity to be pleasing generally women are going to go in that direction uh, and I'm not saying this is a good thing. I really am not. It's like I'm kind of saying that this is me, my younger self. I would be swept up in that current much more easily than I am now. As an older, more mature woman, I feel like I really have to pause and check in with myself about what do I really want. And, you know, years of therapy helps. <laughs> but it's women are not like as resistant as you might fear I think it's all about the relationship the approach um, it's about explaining your needs and letting your partner rise to the occasion and say yeah I want to I want to meet you halfway I want to meet your needs And assuming that you would do the same for her when she says, hey, this is something I need, whether it's like, you know, pick up your socks off the bathroom floor or, I mean, I know that's super cliche and stereotypical, but a lot of women complain about like male behavior and men, you know, if you present it to your partner in such a way that they can rise to the occasion and and meet you halfway most of us want 
harmony in our relationships, right? Like we want to please the person we love and care about. Now, if you're on a first date, I don't know, like you don't have an established relationship. Should you just like talk about your fetishes on a first date? Maybe. I don't know. Some people fuck on the first date. I I guess it kind of just depends on if it goes down that road or not. But I don't think you should... um, I don't think you should be ashamed of being turned on by pedal pumping or crankings. You know, you're asking me about cranking. But, or any kind of fetish, you know, it's, having a fetish is, is just, it is what it is. Like, I mean, I know that's shitty to say, oh, it is what it is. But like, it really is. It's like having green eyes or, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, you just, that's part of your makeup. And don't be ashamed of it. I mean, if you if you can help it, um, be proud of your fetish. I would just so the question is, how would I react? I guess it depends. You know, I feel like there are things that maybe would be hard nose for me. I mean, there absolutely would be things that are hard nose for me um, in terms of like the fetish world. But pedal pumping wouldn't be a hard no. I would be just totally curious. And I would also, I would probably have questions like, well, are you like into my body? Like, does do I turn you on? Or is it just the car thing? Or like, what about kind of normal sex? Are we going to have normal sex too? Or is it just going to be you kind of like, masturbating in the car while I'm like pumping the the pedal and this is you know like I would probably have some fear like what does this mean for our sex life am I gonna get my needs met you know so like a lot of I would probably ask for a lot of reassurance and like really be curious have a I'd have a lot of questions I would just have a lot of questions and I might I might be a little bit um, freaked out at first because, uh, you know, like I said before, just the unknown can be kind of scary. So I think that if my partner stayed calm and was like, and kind of gave me some space to freak out and gave me some space to ask questions and just if he didn't like go instantly go into a place of like, oh, you're rejecting me. Like anything less than, oh, that's wonderful, honey. Let's go out to the car right now. Um, I think what could happen is if he were to like present this to me and I were to have questions and hesitations and fears, that might trigger him to potentially feel rejected or ashamed or something and then it could just snowball into something really negative so I would hope that he would be able to just meet me where I was at with it like stay open breathe through it know that like this isn't rejection this is just I'm trying to like collect information I'm trying to process what I'm hearing this is all new for me you know, and not, and also not feel pressured to like, and let's try it out right now. Like I would want to be the one to initiate that. I wouldn't, I would be, it would be upsetting. I think if I felt like pressured or cornered into something, um, versus me 
feeling like feeling a little more empowered like oh I could do this thing that would really turn him on and be really special this could like really like you know cement us together as a couple this could be something that no one else has given him in this way and I could be the one to give it to him you know it kind of like would maybe give me some narcissistic supply or something anyway that's a long answer it's rambly because I'm just kind of thinking out loud and maybe there's some holes and if I miss anything I'll add it to the patreon uh, I you know this podcast has a patreon where I record like extra audio when I after I, I put the podcast together I always think like oh I have more to say or I have more reflections on on something or questions or whatever and I record some some extra bits for for patreon so whatever I miss here I'll add there okay <sighs> you guys it's like a couple days before Christmas and I'm just like on the fly here so I am going to read another email this is again from Jay he has written me another story and these are really fun because these are like going back to going back to like the early 90s so Jay says so Mimi my fellow Gen Xer let's go back to 1991 again and like before please refer to me as Jay I was so thrilled that you liked my first story and I loved hearing you read it so, did I mention that Joanne had a younger sister named Christina? Chris is one year younger than Joanne. So, Joanne was 19 and wore a size 8.5 shoe, and Chris was 18 and wore a size 8. Both sisters were adorable and sexy, and they both had pretty high-arched feet. Joanne and Chris drove a 1987 Monte Carlo. That was considered to be a fairly new car in our group, but I remember one glorious occasion when it acted up. One night, we all went out dancing and to the diner afterwards for a late night breakfast. Oh, the days of being able to eat like that without gaining weight. Burgers, disco fries, ever do that? French fries with melted mozzarella and brown gravy? Pancakes, ah, the days. Anyway... As luck would have it, Joanne and Chris left the lights on in the Monte Carlo and while we were in the diner, so when we came out, their battery was dead. On this evening, we were all dressed nicely. Joanne and Chris were wearing skirts or maybe skorts with pantyhose and black flats. Joanne was wearing white pantyhose and Chris was wearing nude. Both girls were wearing ballet flats with a ribbon that tied around the ankle. Chris was driving, and when she got in the car, she turned the key, and as expected, it didn't start. I was so excited. Would I be treated to another show? Pedal pumping sisters? Yes. I was standing outside the open driver's side door, watching with anticipation and excitement and even fear of what I was about to see. For the moment, Chris's feet were resting flat on the floorboard, and she was turning the key without even touching the pedal. My heart was in my throat, and I could barely speak. I wanted to see it, but part of me was so nervous. Like so many of us, for me, this goes back to my childhood, 
When I was a boy of five or six, I had a stunningly beautiful young aunt in her early 20s. My mother didn't drive, so my Aunt Teresa drove us everywhere in an old Cadillac. These are reoccurring plot points, right? Terry would pump the gas like nothing I have ever seen since. It made such a noisy racket as she pounded it against the floor over and over and over again while crinking. And she would always wear pretty shoes, beige mules with painted toes, sometimes with nylons, sometimes without. At such a young age, it was so stimulating to me. The whole car would shake. She would bounce so aggressively and pump, 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 pump that big gas pedal into the carpet. I swear, I thought she would put it through the floor of the car. And here's the thing. It used to scare me to the point of tears. How noisy and brutal and violent it was. I used to think about the poor car, the poor pedal. Make it stop. I would cry and my mother would tell Terry to take it easy and she would console me by telling me it was all right, but she had to go dinga 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 to make it start. That's what she called it, dinga dinga dinga. To this day, the noise of the pedal makes it so much more exciting and it scared me and I think it fetishized me at the same time. That brief window in which I was exposed to pedal pumping, I believe, rewired me. And what started as something scary became something sexual as I grew. And as I met pretty girls my own age, I started to wonder, is this just a thing that my older family members do or do actual girls do this too? When I got a crush on a girl as a boy, I would always think, could she be mean like that? Would she pump the gas pedal? So there I was. Standing outside the driver's side door of Chris's car, watching her feet, scared and excited about what I hoped and dreaded would come. I remember she moved her foot to the gas pedal, but to the bottom of the pedal, and she let her heel rest on the floor at an angle to the gas pedal while she pressed the bottom of the, her, of the pedal with her toes. Quickly and gently, pump, 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 turn the key, pump, pump, pump turn the key. I couldn't hear the pedal. She was pumping so gently, not to the floor, almost petting the gas pedal. It was such a sexy tease. And part of me was thinking, she's so sweet. She could never hurt the car. But I was wrong about that because her pumping increased. She started pumping the gas to the floor, still in the same position, pressing the bottom of the gas pedal with her toes. But now the pedal was hitting the floorboard and I heard the thump, thump, thump as she pumped it. She was cranking and pumping and turning the key at the same time now, and the stubborn engine wouldn't turn over. I was in a trance watching this, and I still wanted harder. She stopped cranking and continued pumping, and it was so audible now. Thump, thump, thump. Chris's boyfriend, Rob, who was in the passenger seat, heard the pumping and said, No, Chris, don't do that. You'll flood it. Makes me think of Dr. Evil from Austin Powers now. Rob, you you just don't get it, do you? Anyway, she stopped and he suggested we try to find jumper cables. Mine was the only other car, so it fell upon me to come to the rescue. I had to leave. No! At this point, Chris got out of the car and Joanne got in. Joanne who already proved herself to be quite the pedal pumper on the bumper cars and my car. 
Joanne stretched her long, white pantyhose leg to the pedal and floored it while turning the key. The car cranked and cranked and she released the pedal. She did it again, her legs stretched and her ankle arched and her toes pressing the pedal into the floor. I didn't want to go, but I had to find the jumper cables. Don't pump too much without me. <laughs> so Chris, her boyfriend Rob, and I went on a quest for cables. When we returned with the cables, I could see Joanne bouncing in the seat. She was pumping the gas, thrusting and pumping and bouncing. We approached the car and I was lucky enough to see one set of frantic pumps. Joanne's foot was completely covering the pedal and she pumped it with her heel on the floor. One, two, three, one, two, three. She had a good hard rhythm going. There was no smile this time, no flirting. She was genuinely worried and then Rob said, no, no, you'll flood it. What a dick. How am I even friends with this guy? Anyway, Chris got back in the driver's seat as we hooked up the cables from my car to theirs. Chris cranked the engine over without even touching the pedal and it fired right up. Funny little tidbit. The little blonde fireball that I was dating was present for this whole thing. Her name was Kat and she always wore heels and hose, but she didn't drive. On this night, she was wearing a killer pink and black dress. I remember it had an open tummy area with gold metal ring covering the navel. Oh, God. And taupe pantyhose and black satin pumps. My kind of girl. She said to Chris, Chris, make sure you rev it. Floor the pedal. Get some power to the engine. I was going crazy. What a night. Thanks again for reading this, Mimi. I hope you connected with the story as well. Be happy, be well. Life is so strange and beautiful, isn't it? Talk soon, Jay. Oh, okay, this is a great story. Uh, I got a lot to say, and I've, I'm already like way over time for how long I want this podcast to go. So I'm just going to comment really quick here. Um, this is a great story. I love it. Um, yes, I remember going to those late night, 24-hour breakfast joints, late at night and eating you know burgers and well, actually I was I got I'm not gonna lie I never eat burgers because I'm not a burgers person I usually would order like french toast or omelets I would I would always get breakfast disco fries never even heard of disco fries so Jay you got to tell me where you grew up or where this happened french fries with melted mozzarella and brown gravy <sighs> I think that's going to be a hard pass. I don't know. Maybe it's delicious, but I'll stick to my French toast. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. And now I would just look at that and gain weight. So life is definitely um, cruel as we age uh, <laughs> in the in the food department anyway. Um, so dead batteries. I mean, that was definitely a thing that happened, right? Like we'd leave our leave the like inside light on or something would ha you know drain our batteries the radio sometimes wouldn't turn off and you come out in your car I used to have jumper cables I mean I think my parents gave me a set for Christmas one year because my car you know that would happen pretty frequently so I always had jumper cables in my car ironically I don't have them in the BMW Maybe I should get some. Uh-oh. Did I jinx myself? <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, all right. So back to the story. Um, 
Yes. Okay. I, you totally, I think when you're talking about your aunt and your childhood, your aunt Terry, I mean, definitely that was like imprinting right at that age. And the, the whole like feeling fear and the, like how scary and exciting and anxious, like the anxiety, I feel like it's that whole like emotional roller coaster is kind of what is exciting and erotic about cranking it's it's like the experience of all those emotions it's I really I really get into that I really enjoy that part personally um I'm trying to read this like through it really quick I your story's great um I can totally imagine you just being like, dude, don't fuck it up for me. Like, don't like shut up, man, to your friend Rob. That's hilarious. He's like, don't do that. Oh, and also the Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. I kind of stumbled over that part because you know what? I just like, Tevin knows this. I just never watch movies. I'm so um, just not like, I don't know. I like movies. I just never find the time to see them. So I don't know what Dr. Evil sounds like. <laughs> so I don't know how to do his voice. So forgive me, please. Um, and yeah, I can totally picture um, your girlfriend's outfit. Um, it's like a very early 90s kind of vibe. The satin pumps too, of course. Um <laughs> pretty cute yeah all right I, I hope you guys like that story I thought that was a good one send me your stories whether they're um you know like a fantasy that you have or if it's a real life story it's all good everyone's welcome to write in mimifootnip at gmail.com I'm gonna end here and wish you all a very merry Christmas if you celebrate and all that jazz I want to thank my patrons you guys have like stuck with me you're incredible the patrons support the podcast on patreon.com slash pedal pumping podcast and specifically I want to thank you all by name Tevin Joe Jim Riker Michael DBM not a golfer Sheldon Rayshawn Steven John Eric F and Eric J and Cranking Fan. You guys are the bomb diggity and I love ya and have a great holiday. Mwah. Merry Christmas. Bye guys. <laughs>